0: Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now.
1: Welcome back to hour number two on this Football Friday edition of the Jeff Dean Show, January the 21st. <coughs> Pardon me. It is 8.02 on your uh, Tucson morning. And uh, welcome here to Tucson's only local morning sports talk show, whether you're listening on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're listening via the live stream, which you can find on ESPNTucson.com. We appreciate you tuning in here and uh, choosing the Jeff Dean Show for your morning listening pleasure to uh, gather the information that you want, that you need, that you like. Right here, and we keep it live and local every single day here on the Jeff Dean Show. Of course, we also talk NFL, which we will be talking about very, very shortly. Mary and I were having a good discussion off the air there for those two minutes during that little quick top of the hour break. We were talking some Star Wars there, and how it's you know it's kind of like it's kind of chic to hate on Jar Jar Binks, even though a lot of people don't know why. It's kind of like I kind of put Jar Jar Binks in like the Nickelback and Creed, uh, you know realm like in that box like people hate on them but they don't know exactly why look personally I love Creed I like I've always liked Creed's music I think it's good I think Mark Tremonti does a great job as a guitarist Scott Stapp is a tool but he's a good front man I've always liked Creed I've always hated Nickelback and I've always hated Jar Jar Binks it's just like I, I've been around long to, to like see the the first iteration of these things and like I don't like that I don't like that at all Mary told me a story that uh that when that when the Phantom Menace had come out, that they went to Pizza Hut to get the special commemorative glasses, the Phantom Menace commemorative glasses, and that her sister got Princess Leia and she got stuck with Jar Jar Binks and her sister wouldn't trade her, and quite honestly, like that's a smart move by sister because who would trade Princess Leia for Jar Jar Binks? Like nobody would do that, nobody ever. So I st- I'm still mad at George Lucas for Jar Jar Binks, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm nerding out a little bit here but I uh I, I play a a, a a a dual life. I you know, part sports fanatic, part nerd as well. And uh I love my comic books and my sci-fi and you know, all the fantasy different stuff out there. So live live kind of a weird dual life, but hey, that's what we that's what we do, right? We 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 know what we like and we we do what we want and that's kind of the way I live my life. And that's what we like to do here on the Jeff Dean show including talking some Phoenix Suns basketball. They don't get talked about enough. It's so funny. Like, I mean, I even fall into the trap of talking Lakers basketball more than I talk Phoenix Suns basketball because the Lakers are so epically bad and tragic this year, and I love it, and I'm eating it up, and so is the rest of the league. And Russell Westbrook is one of my least favorite players in the league, and he's having himself a terrible season. He's not getting along with the players. He's not getting along with the coach or the front office, and there's talking about trades now, and nobody wants him because he's, worth, he's he, his contract is too much money and nobody wants to bring him in because he played for Washington last year. They're one of the worst teams in the league, and now they're the, what are they, the sixth seed or the fifth, five seed in the East right now. It, all they did was trade him away. they basically got the same team they had last year. So it, it, it's I get fall into that trap of talking Lakers more than I talk Suns, but the Suns are far and away the best team in the NBA. It's not even close. I mean, they're they're 35 and 9 right now. They're one win shy of their best start in in uh franchise history, which was last year's shortened season. Their first 44 games, they won their they went they were 36 and 8 at the 44 game mark. This year they're 35-9. and nine. You can't say enough about the job that not only the players have done, James Jones in the front office, but also Monty Williams. I mean, come on, man. Like, I, I'm still upset that he didn't win Coach of the Year last year. If he doesn't win it this year, and, and, and like, I'm – I know Memphis is having themselves a nice season, and John Morant is spectacular. And I know that Billy Donovan has done a great job of turning things around. The Bulls are in first place in the East right now. Like, Billy Donovan's done a great job. The most dominant team in the NBA in the regular season for the last two years has been the Phoenix Suns and Monty Williams. You you have to give it to him. Like, give him two awards this year because he should have won it last year. Look, the Phoenix Suns, even without DeAndre Ayton last night, and that was a big loss. Like there were when when it was announced that DeAndre wasn't going to play, the lines swayed drastically in that game. Like they they moved a lot. The line moved quite a bit when it was announced that he was he was going to be out for the game. Um, otherwise, the Suns would have been favored by probably like five five or six points. Instead, they went into the game as a one point favorite, and it was kind of a a pickem in other uh, other markets as well. To not have DeAndre Ayton against a team like the Dallas Mavericks and to go in there into Dallas against one of the NBA's hottest teams. Dallas had won 10 of their last 11 games. So the Suns, at the end of a five-game road trip, so it's their longest road trip of the season, okay, five games on the road, Um, go into a place where they've won eight straight, okay? They, they've won eight straight against the Mavericks. It, it's just like you're like thinking to yourself, like, the, the trend is bad. Like, I don't like this. No DeAndre. They're at the end of a long road trip. They've been kicking the crap out of the Mavericks for the last three years. The Mavericks are one of the hottest teams in the NBA. Luka's going off. I don't like it. I still played the Suns on the money line last night and won, thankfully. Um, My parlay didn't come in because Devin Booker didn't hit enough three-pointers, of all things. I'm like, really? Book one three-pointer? I needed to hit one more three-pointer in the game. He couldn't even do that for me. But I'm still happy with the win because he had a huge block in that game, steal, whatever you want to call it. Um, look, credit Monty Williams for that too, because the officials called a foul. If you didn't see the play, uh, Dorian Finney Smith, it's, it's a, it's a, I think it was a four point game or a five point game at the time. Finney Smith goes driving baseline. Okay. He's coming in for a dunk and Devin Booker just comes flying out of no, like he's Booker's kind of like eyeing a three point shot, like kind of looking like he's going to start heading out to a three point shooter. And here comes Finney Smith, and Booker just jumps up and rips the ball out of his hands, like, in midair. <laughs> just an incredible defensive play by Devin Booker. Got up for it, right? Big man, Dorian Finney Smith, good-sized guy, right? So officials call a foul. And Monty Williams is like, nah, uh-uh, I'm challenging that. And thankfully, NBA coaches can challenge in the final minute of a game, right? Like, they can't do in the NFL within two minutes. and In the NBA, it's like, you can challenge any time you want. Monty Williams challenges the call. The officials go to the replay. They determine that Devin Booker did, in fact, grab all ball and rip the ball out of Finney Smith's hands. They reverse the call. The Suns get the ball and end up going to win that game 109 to uh, to 101. And, look, it was it was just a, a great performance by the Suns, and they did it defensively. They were able to, to hold the Mavericks to 48 points in the second half, which w- with – with a full complement of players, with Porzingis, Jalen Brunson, Luka Doncic in the, in the lineup, uh, to, to hold them to 48 points and a half, that's tough to do. They, they, you'll, there are very few teams in the league that will hold Dallas under 50 in a half. Uh, and the Suns did it last night. Dallas couldn't get the ball inside to save their lives. And much like Arizona, the Wildcats did last night against Stanford, they just suffocated them defensively. They, they could not – uh, get the ball into the positions they wanted to. Luka got 28 last night. He got his points. A lot of them were off-balance shots. He was 9 of 23 from the field, 2 of 9 from beyond the arc, was 8 of 11 at the free throw line. That kind of padded his point numbers there. He got to the line a lot. But the Suns were just throwing help at him, throw throw help defense, help defense, help defense. They were constantly just barraging him with double teams, and it suffocated him. And, and the Suns kind of – worked a you know worked a scheme and a game plan to go and take him out of the game and they forced what was it 19 turnovers in the game which is huge. Luka had eight turnovers in the game. He had as many turnovers as he had field goals in the game. So just a tremendous performance by the Suns defense and also you can't say enough about the efficiency of Chris Paul. Like the entire game he's it's like watching um I'm trying to think of like a quarterback that was kinda like that was kinda like Chris Paul. It maybe like a like like the way Joe Montana used to play, and I guess I'm I'm just being homer here because I watched every game Joe Montana played. Um it's it's kinda like you'd watch him just kind of manage the game, manage the game. And a lot of times the 49ers wouldn't blow teams out right away. He would manage the game, they'd hand the ball off to Roger Craig or whomever the, the running back was at the time, Wendell Tyler, whomever. Okay? And he would just kind of – and then when it came down to crunch time in the fourth quarter, all of a sudden he'd go 10 of 11 for 140 yards and two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and all of a sudden the Niners are up three touchdowns. You're like, how the hell did this happen? That's what Chris Paul does. Like, (laughs) last night he was having just kind of an average game. He was – he had – I think he had eight assists going into the fourth quarter, had ten points going into the fourth quarter. It's like, okay, it's a good game for Chris Paul. Didn't have any turnovers, which – for Chris Paul, is was remarkable. Then just went off in the fourth quarter. Scored 10 points, dropped three dimes. He was responsible for basically all the Suns' offense and their 35 points that they hung on the Mavs in the fourth quarter. And uh, Chris Paul finishes the game with 20 points, 11 assists, zero turnovers. He was a plus 24 in the game last night. Plus 24. <laughs> I know plus and minuses. A lot of people don't like them. I like them. Um, just in in when you look at a big number like that, if it's if it's guys like he was minus six in the game. Okay, okay well, who cares? Chris Paul was plus twenty four in the game. That's just insane. Um, he he knew when he had to get his buckets, and he did so in the fourth quarter and helped the Suns get that victory. So now the Suns are going to return home. Finally, it seems like it's been forever since the Suns have had a home game. They're going to be playing on Saturday at home. They take on the Indiana Pacers. You can listen to that right here tomorrow, 7 p.m., on uh, right here on ESPN Tucson. So if you're out driving around and you want to listen to the, the Suns game, go ahead and tune in here to ESPN Tucson. We'll have Suns and Pacers for you. Pacers have been struggling this year. Of course they would. T.J. McConnell went out with the, uh, with the, with the, uh, the bad injury that knocked him out for the, uh, for the season, the wrist injury that knocked him out for the, uh, for the season. So yeah, the Pacers are going to struggle if they don't have T.J. McConnell. Everybody would struggle if you didn't have T.J. McConnell. That's just fact of life. So the uh, the Suns right now thirty five and nine. They have a three and a half game lead over the Golden State in the West. They're far and away the best team in the NBA. I don't think you know. You look at you know you look at the, the the experts out there, and they're like the power rankings and stuff, and they're like they still got the Nets as the number one power power ranking team. And I'm just like, I don't I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Nobody's. Once again, people just continue to sleep on the Phoenix Suns, and then when they get to the NBA Finals last year, they call it luck, saying that they oh they got the they got all the right teams at the right time, and everybody was injured and blah blah. Listen, everybody's dealing with injuries. Everybody deals with nagging injuries, and yes, the Lakers were a you know a shell of their former selves. But you can't tell me that that Laker team would have competed with the Suns in a seven-game series if they had their full complement. They just wouldn't have. The Suns were going to run over and through them regardless of if they were healthy or not. I don't care. DeAndre Ayton was smoking and absolutely crushing Anthony Davis before he went out in that series. DeAndre Ayton was playing twice as good a basketball as Anthony Davis was in that series. So don't give me this. Suns were lucky. They got all the right teams at the right time. If they had played the Nets, they'd have gotten beat. First of all, we don't know that, okay? That's Kevin Durant's fault for keeping his toenail on the three on the three point line when he took that jump shot in Game Seven against the against the uh, the Brewers the Bucks, and uh, uh, so that's you know that's that's his problem. You know, does does Kevin Durant have the finals that that uh, Giannis did when he seemed like seemingly averaged thirty five points a game against the Suns in the final three games of that series, which was just a, a man possessed. Who knows? It could have, should have, would. Have. You can do it all day long. Don't waste your time on that stuff. Waste your, you know, spend your time on the facts and the things that that are present. You know, the Suns are one of the best teams in the league. They will continue to be one of the best teams in the league. And when they get DeAndre Ayton back, they're even better. Uh, and the good news is, is they can kind of take their time getting it back right now because they've got such a nice, comfortable lead. They've got, uh, you know, a poor team in the Indiana Pacers coming in. Um, and then you know, looking at their schedule ahead, they, things are going to get tougher here in about two weeks. So as long as Da's ankle isn't too bad, as long as it's not a high ankle sprain, if it's a low ankle sprain, he'll be back in a week and ready to go. So Phoenix Suns will continue to uh, to dominate and do things. And I, I listen, I picked the Suns to have the best record in the West this year. I picked them as the number one seed. Uh, I did pick Golden State to go to the to go to the NBA Finals because I knew that they're going to be getting Clay back at some point in time. I just felt like that would be a nice shot in the arm for them, and, and it may still happen that way. But right now, Suns are leading the West. Suns are leading the NBA, and they're not looking back. And they're doing it in all kinds of different ways. And last night, it was Devin Booker defensively and Chris Paul offensively in the fourth quarter. So Phoenix Suns playing some good basketball. We'll have. Um, We'll, we'll, I'll find someone up here. I, I have a lot of a lot of friends who cover the team up here. Um, that I like. I don't like to you know just sit here and have a parade of of guests on the show. It just you know, I, it's nice to talk to people all the time and stuff like that. But it's difficult for for people to get up at six thirty in the morning and prepare for an interview. So I get it. Uh, but we'll, we'll get we'll get some people to talk some Phoenix Suns on here. Maybe even get a national you know review. Because they're just not getting the love that they deserve. Like I said, I, I'm I'm as guilty as anyone. I get pissed off because I'm like nobody covers the Suns when when the Suns play the Lakers. It's always about like oh LeBron struggles um, and Lakers lose by 19. Not Phoenix Suns dominate the Lakers. That <laughs> the headline is always like LeBron this or uh, the bench you know only scores eight points. In a nineteen-point loss to the Phoenix Suns, what's wrong with the Lakers? Why aren't the Lakers doing this? Laker, 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 Laker. I get it; they're they're a, they're a, a a crowning achievement of NBA uh, resume. I I get it. Okay, I, it's, it's it's the Lakers. They got a lot of banners hanging up in there, and the Phoenix Suns don't have any right now. Um, but you have to acknowledge who the best team in the league is. You have to acknowledge that the Phoenix Suns are doing it their way, and it's not because teams are laying down for them. <laughs> Sun's got a target on their back. They were in the championship last year, for God's sakes, and they were leading that championship series. So we'll continue to talk Suns basketball here. At the, uh, I guess the 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 chagrin to the national media who wants to continue just to talk Lakers. Like I said, I I'm guilty as anybody. So I'll I'll point the finger at myself first as I continue to like to talk how bad the Lakers are. But that's just me being you know. A jerk piling on. It's easy to talk sons because they keep winning. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, we will, be- we will begin our football Friday breakdown, a full preview of the divisional round weekend, including my predictions and my lock of the week, all that coming up next right here on ESPN Tucson. It's the Jeff Dean Show.
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: The NFL playoffs are in full gear, and now everyone can get in on the action with a risk-free bet on FanDuel Sportsbook. Doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you're a seasoned veteran like myself and has had their fair share of cashed-in tickets and fair share of ones you want to rip up and throw on the floor uh not outside because you don't want to be a litter bug but you know you know what i mean all customers are going to get up to $10 back if your same game parlay doesn't win that means you can start combining your bets combine some legs to a bet this weekend on one of the divisional round playoff games and if your bet doesn't win you get up to $10 back which is great which means you can you can have some fun like play around with one and just throw 10 bucks on it it's a risk free bet <laughs> like play a five leg or a six leg parlay go crazy find something that is really going to pay off if you get if you get it to hit. Like, you know, like a plus 1600 or something like that is going to pay out real nice on a $10 bet if it comes in. Now, be smart about it. Like, don't just go willy-nilly into the night and uh, throwing caution to the wind because you're going to get $10 back. You still want to win that money. So, like, for me, I'm going to go wild on the Sunday night game. I'm going to take both quarterbacks in the KC Buffalo game to go over their uh, rushing yards. I like both tight ends, Travis Kelsey and Dawson Knox, for an anytime touchdown. And then I'm going to pick KC on the money line. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, I've been going back and forth on that one, and you'll hear just in a moment when I do my previews. But like I've been saying all along, the market leader in sports booking is FanDuel Sportsbook because of their easy-to-use app, their fast payouts, and, of course, the best-in-class customer service, and they are one of the official sports betting partners of the NFL. <clears throat> now, pardon me. If you already have an account, good. Place your bet. You guys already know how it works. If you're new, sign up with my promo code DEAN to get access to that risk-free bet. Also, if it's your first-time betting FanDuel, you can also enjoy, when you use my promo code DEAN, that's my last name, D-E-A-N, you can get those 30-to-1 odds on any divisional round team to win. So you can bet 5 bucks on a team, and win hundred and fifty dollars if when they win. That's promo code Dean on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Twenty-one and over in President, Arizona. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable. Site credit expires in seven days. Max bonus is ten dollars. Restrictions apply. See term to sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call one eight hundred Next Step or text Next Step to five three three four two. All right, it is time as we get ready for the NFL divisional round coming up this weekend. Now, starting on Saturday, the early game, pardon me, which is going to kick off at uh, around 2.30 at uh, Nissan Stadium in Nashville. It's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans sitting at home right now have been waiting as the number one seed. Strangely enough, I don't know if anybody predicted them to be the number one seed in the AFC this year, but lo and behold, here we are. And they're currently sitting as a, I think it's either a three or a two-and-a-half point favorite. That line has been moved around a little bit. There's had been There's been subtle changes uh, to that line. But regardless, sitting at 12-5 and five, and the fact that they're getting Derrick Henry back is huge news for the Tennessee Titans and for the rest of the NFL, specifically for the Cincinnati Bengals. How on earth are they going to stop Derrick Henry? Well, I think, first of all, you have to look at how healthy – is Derrick Henry going to be? Now, pre-injury, he was killing it, right? I mean, he 937 yards. He was 300 yards ahead of any other running back in the league. Had 10 touchdowns on just 219 carries. Uh, and even though he missed the, the 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 final, what was it, nine weeks, eight weeks of the season, he, was still, he still finished sixth in the NFL in rushing, which is remarkable to think about. He was just so good uh, in the first half of the season pre-injury. Now, even if he starts, ultimately, I would look for him to be joined by Dotrell Hilliard and Deontay Foreman, um, who basically combined this year in their, in their statistics to equal what Derrick Henry was doing. They combined for 916 yards uh, in Henry's absence. So I think it's going to be kind of a running back committee. You, you don't want to just have Derrick Henry go out there and run the rock 35 times in his first game back from injury. It's just not, not going to happen. Um, but he is going to – I believe he will make a difference in this game. Now, the real thing in this is I, I'm, uh, the matchup that I really like – and, I, and we've, we've talked about a little bit about the, the the matchup in the trenches, the the defensive line for Tennessee, which has been really effective and very physical uh, throughout the season. But they have kind of picked their spots. Like we we watched them in the – I think it was at the Sunday night game against the Rams – Sunday night or Monday night game against the Rams – where they just obliterated the Rams' offensive line. I mean, they just crushed. They were in the offensive backfield all night long with a four-man pass rush. Well, then there have been other times like we watch them against Indianapolis. They just couldn't get through. So it's been a a kind of you know here and there, week to week kind of situation with the defensive line. The matchup that I'm watching is going to be Jamar Chase. Will he be able to get off against the likes of Kevin Byard? and the, the Titans secondary, because Titans secondary has been really quite good, and so has Jamar Chase. Now, Jamar Chase has been you know, electric all season long, um, and he's been getting more and more targets as the weeks have gone on. Now, he does have some drops throughout the year. We, we saw drops in the preseason, and we thought that might be a problem. Joe Burrow comes out, throws two touchdown passes to him in the first game, and he's like, yeah, how about them drops? Well, Listen. Let's 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 call it like it is. Jamar Chase had 11 drops this year, which I believe was third in the NFL. So it's not like he's completely got the stickiest hands in the game. Okay, he's done a really nice job. He's got this amazing blazing speed. He's got fantastic route running skills, and he has good ball skills as well. He does have some drops. You know, he he's dropped a couple of touchdowns that I've watched been watching this year when watching the Bengals. It comes down to. How well can he get open against man coverage? Are they going to be able to force man coverage against him? And will Joe Burrow be able to check down to the likes of Uzuma uh, or to his backs coming out of the backfield? Joe Burrow is the better quarterback in this matchup. I, if if you've listened to the show long enough, you know that I do like Ryan Tannehill because I believe that his athleticism allows him to do things from the quarterback position that a lot of quarterbacks just don't have. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's got a completely underrated arm. He really does. Um, And he's got great legs, of course. He can move and really get out there and run as a former wide receiver in college. So he's got a lot of the tools. His raw quarterbacking skills still remain debatable, but obviously he's gotten the team to this point, 12 wins, and a number one seed in the AFC, a very tightly contested AFC. So credit to him. Now, the Cincinnati Bengals this year, we, we talked a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, right, being the most penalized team in the NFL, and it cost them dearly in their loss to the 49ers. Cincinnati is the opposite. Cincinnati was called for the second fewest penalties in the NFL this season. Only 72 accepted penalties and only 620 yards total in the season were assessed against the Cincinnati Bengals, which is the fewest in the NFL. Meanwhile, Tennessee was 103 penalties for 937 yards, which is basically right in the middle. I think they were like 11th in the league in, in penalty yardage. Okay, So the penalty disparity is quite apparent. Cincinnati, a very apparently focused and bundled-up team. They're able to play play cleanly as one of the fewest flag teams in the league, and with the yardage, they have not hurt themselves with those this game is going to be closer and it's uh, when when I first saw the game, I was like, I was like, okay, I'll take Tennessee, whatever the line is I'll bet Tennessee because I just with the rest and with how physical they are, I I believe that, that they're, you know, they're going to be able to beat Cincinnati pretty soundly. I, you know, I would, I would go as far as saying, you know, minus five and a half, I was willing to go maybe even minus six uh, on a pick against the Bengals. Now, I'm not so sure because I've started to kind of fall back and and, and really, you know, my love for for Joe Burrow and how much I like to watch him play and just how high of a ceiling I know he has um, in this league. You know, he reminds me a lot of, of like a Kirk Risa, to be honest with you. He's got that he's got that swagger about him and he makes plays and he makes things look easy out there for his teammates. And it's so important. I just don't think the Bengals are ready to win a game in this position. The Titans have been there before. They're battle-tested. They've got a lot of guys on this team that have considerable playoff experience both on both sides of the football, and I think they have just enough uh, of a dynamic secondary to keep Joe Burrow from going completely off for like 400 yards and four touchdowns. So I like the Titans to control the clock a little bit with their running game. The defensive line will get home on some of those plays against the against the Cincinnati offensive line. Joe Burrow was sacked a million times this year. That's that's one of the big problems um, with with Cincinnati this year. Maybe they should get some more holding penalties and keep him upright and just take their chances with the flags. But I like I like Tennessee in a close one. I like give me Tennessee twenty seven, the Bengals twenty six. I think it's going to come down to a kick. Uh, somewhere, some way, whether it's a, a missed kick by the Bengals or a made kick at the, you know, at the end, near the end for the Titans, 27-26. Give me Tennessee, um, 53 points on the over/under if that matters to you. But uh, I like the Titans just a little bit over the Bengals just because I think they're going to control the clock more and they have more experience. So there's my pick for the uh, for the early Saturday game coming up next the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers. It is the game that is being talked about and maybe it's because uh, you know, I tend to listen, you know, when when I hear 49ers Packers, I my, maybe my ears perk up a little bit more, that's why I'm listening. It just seems to me like this game is being talked about more than the others. It doesn't mean that it's a better matchup. I just think it's more intriguing to a lot of people of what's going to happen because there is the great unknown. With the Packers, how healthy are they going to be? Are they going to get, get, get those three players back that they've been missing so dearly throughout the season? How effective will they be? We'll talk about that next. You're listening here on ESPN Tucson. It's the Jeff Dean Show.
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on this football Friday edition in the divisional playoff round. Starts tomorrow afternoon. We broke down the first game. Now we're going to break down the game between the Niners and the Packers. Look, th- to me it just seems like this is the game that everybody's talking about, even though there are some tremendous matchups all the way through. I, nobody's talking about the Tennessee-Cincinnati game. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I think all the games are going to be really, really good. I don't, I'm not expecting blowouts here. Um, unless Buffalo reverts back to the way they played in a couple of games like uh, they played against Jacksonville earlier in the year. I don't expect that to happen. I think it's the only potential for a blowout here. If you look at the Green Bay-San Francisco game, Green Bay is is potentially getting back Jair Alexander. If he does come back, okay, how effective is he going to be? Are they going to put him in coverage? Uh, how is that shoulder going to hold up to its first tackle? San Francisco's the most physical team in the league. You, you, you talk to players and coaches, they will agree with you. It is not just me saying that, and it's not just cliche to say, oh, they're going to play a physical brand of football. They're the most physical team in the league, period, end of story. They have been for quite some time. That's their brand of football. They know They know their identity. They play their identity every single game. They know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to try to punch you in the mouth, and they're going to play as physical as they possibly can on every single play on both sides of the ball. That's what they do. So the Packers have three players, three key players, that are going to be potentially coming back from injury between Jair Alexander and Sedarius Smith on the defensive side of the ball and David Bakhtiari on the offensive side of the ball. David Bakhtiari, the, the, the story on him is that the knee is still not good, that he's still less than, certainly less than 100%, maybe even less than 80%, and they're not sure that he's going to play, and if he does, they're not exactly sure how effective he's going to be. It sounds to me that based on roster moves that Darius Smith is going to play, that he'll probably play inside as opposed to outside because they're going to need him to try to knife inside that zone to be able to try to disrupt the Niners' motion game um, when, they, you know, when they run different types of motions and things like that from essentially clogging up the middle to force the 49ers to get out of rhythm. So I think Zedaria Smith will play. I think they're going to line him up inside, and I think they're going to go, in a lot of cases, a three-style defensive end, give give him more athleticism on the defensive line, along with Kenny Clark, who is is, is an absolute game wrecker, and we'll get into him in just a moment. Um, And then Jair Alexandri. You know, are they going to line him up on the outside against the likes of you know Forty Niners wide receivers like Brandon Ayuk or or Jawan Jennings, who's been a third down master for Kyle Shanahan in that offense in the second half of the season? What are they going to do about Debo Samuel? What are they going to do about George Kittle? They have all these guys who can catch and run after the catch that could potentially cause problems for the Packers. Now, Rasul Douglas has had himself a really nice season. He can be a little bit. Uh, of, of of a concern for the Packers because he likes to jump routes. And if San Francisco does their homework, they'll be able to see that double moves can be good. If Jimmy G can pump the football, but it's going to be like negative four in, in Lambeau, try to pump fake a football with frozen fingers, not going to happen. So San Francisco's had to have to figure out other ways to, to get their, to get their wideouts open the guys that play outside the numbers. Here's the real problem with the game, and th- this is where this is where the, the, you know, everything kind of kind of changes. And I'm not going to go with the, the obvious Aaron Rodgers versus Jimmy Garoppolo thing. Okay, Kenny Clark is an absolute difference maker. He's the type of player. He's the type of defensive tackle that have caused problems for the Kyle Shanahan outside zone, the motion game that that he runs. The type of player that Kenny Clark is, those types of players that knife inside from the defensive tackle spot, that can beat one-on-ones, that can split double teams, he's been a real problem for that style of offense. And if Kenny Clark has a big game, if he's on top of his stuff, uh, like we fully expect him to be, then he's going to cause problems in the 49ers running game. Now, in the past, the 49ers have been able to run roughshod all over the Green Bay Packers. The last time they played in a playoff game, The Raheem Mostert ran for 220 yards and four touchdowns, which is an NFL playoff record. Um, So I I don't expect the same type of production of the 49ers running game this weekend, but I think that San Francisco will have some success running the football, the glaring, glaring issue in this game. And it's going to be, it's going to be the difference in this game. And it it goes back to just really simplistic, uh, you know, ins and outs and, and analytics of football is who's going to turn the ball over more? Okay. Green Bay does not turn the ball over. They they just don't. Aaron, Rod- You're not going to get Aaron Rodgers to throw an interception. The last time he played the 49ers, not the last time, but the, the time that they played in the playoffs two years ago, he threw two picks in that game. That's not going to happen. You can't, you can't rely on Aaron Rodgers to throw two interceptions. He threw four interceptions all year long, and he threw two in the first game. <laughs> so it's not exactly going to be easy for the 49ers to turn the Green Bay Packers over. Can Jimmy G play with a clean pocket and continue to throw the football in extremely cold weather? He's never played in a game under 37 degrees, uh, at least in the pros. Maybe not even, even in college. Eastern Illinois gets really cold, but they don't play football into January in college. So he's going to be tested. That arm is going to be tested. That grip is going to be tested. Can he keep control of the football and keep from turning it over? I just... As much as I want to pick the 49ers because their brand of football plays so well, I just can't overlook who's quarterbacking on the other side of the field. He's having one of the best seasons of his career. He and the head coach and Matt LaFleur are clicking on all cylinders right now. The offense is potentially going to be more explosive if they get Valdez scantling back and if they can find ways to get – uh, to get, uh, gosh darn it, I just f- forgot his name. The slot receiver they just brought in, Aaron Rodgers' buddy. I can't really, I just forgot his name. Anyway, the other wide receiver uh, for the for the uh, for the for the Packers, and his name just flew right out of my head here. Um, they'll they'll have some success in the passing game. The 49ers secondary has not been great, um, and and they'll I think they'll be able to get a couple of deep balls to make a difference in this game. So, with that being said. I do like San Francisco to cover the five-and-a-half point spread. I also like the under in this game. Call me crazy. I like the under. The under, the over-under of this game, 47 and a half. I like Green Bay 23, San Francisco 21, sending the 49ers home and the Packers move on to the NFC Championship round. I just think they're just that much better in this situation playing at home in those conditions than San Francisco is right now. But like I said, I like the under, and I like San Francisco plus the five-and-a-half. The Sunday game, the Sunday NFC game, Rams at Tampa. The Tampa Buccaneers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are favored by three in that game. Listen, I, i've I've watched I've watched both of these teams play all year, and you can throw out their meeting from early in the season. That was way too long ago to even matter in in terms of picking this particular game. I'm going to go off how I believe these teams are playing right now. And how healthy they are right now. The Rams are as healthy as they've been all season long. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are still wondering which players they're going to have available to them on Sunday on both sides of the football. They haven't been as great defending the run this year as people, people have have kind of thought they were. They've been touted as the number one rush defense in reality. They're the number 11 rushing defense in the league. They're really not all that and a bag of chips. And it's not like the Rams have been game busters as far as, uh, as far as running the football. But last week against the Arizona Cardinals, Cam Akers in a very emotional game coming back from that Achilles tear was a man unleashed. And I just liked the way he was running the football. I also really liked the way that the Rams were distributing the football on offense. Cooper Cup was not the focus of their offense. They were throwing the football to... Odell Beckham Jr. They were throwing the football to Van Jefferson. They were throwing the football to Tyler Higbee. And I think all those different weapons for Matthew Stafford are going to make a difference. Matthew Stafford, people are still clowning on him for having gotten his first win. I think we can all agree that the Detroit Lions are just a a complete bunk organization. They have been for decades, and that should not be placed on the shoulders of Matthew Stafford. He's found a renewed vigor in Los Angeles with Sean McVay. And I like the Rams to pull the upset here i don't like the rams plus three i like the rams straight up in this game give me the los angeles rams 31 the buccaneers 30 i think all the games are close this year this this weekend i really do i as close as the spreads are it's the closest spreads a spread of games that we've had in divisional round history in the nfl as far as the overall average spread of the game and I think the games are going to be even closer than that. So give me the Rams 31, Tampa Bay 30. I also like the over in that game, over-unders 48-and-a-half. I like the over. I think both defenses are a little bit overrated, and both quarterbacks are going to go over their projected passing yards for those games. Also, a little bit of news of note here. Rob Gronkowski has not been the same since he cra- since he broke those three ribs midway through the season and missed those six games. He just hasn't looked the same. He's dropped more passes in the second half of this season than he has in any three seasons combined in his NFL career, which is, first of all, remarkable to say about how his career has played out, but also I think how affected he has been by those broken ribs, and those have not had time to heal. They will not have time to heal until the offseason, and unfortunately for for our boy Gronk, I think he gets sent home this weekend. All right, when I return, We'll do the final game, Kansas City and Buffalo. The Sunday night game, fireworks expected in Kansas City. We'll talk about that next. You're listening here to The Jeff Dean Show.
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: All right, I don't have much time here, and you don't have much time either. we got about six minutes got about a 6 minute window because I've talked too long. For another text to win for those Tucson Roadrunners family 4-pack of tickets to go see the Roadrunners on Star Wars night, January the 29th, I want you to text the word FORCE to 68683. That's FORCE to 68683 as in may the force be with you. Text now, you got about six minutes before the show closes out to get those registrations in. We will notify the winners, and you'll get some digital tickets and enjoy the game. It's family four-pack of tickets to go see the Roadrunners play some hockey on Star Wars night next Saturday night. All right, final game. It's a game that I've gone back and forth on because the quarterbacks right now are playing so well, and they're so dynamic. And literally, and I mean literally, Josh Allen is coming off the greatest performance, greatest quarterback numbers performance in the history of the NFL playoffs against arguably the greatest coach of all time. It it, it cannot be understated how well they played last week. It can also not be missed how Buffalo has been somewhat of a roller coaster this year. They've been uh, largely inconsistent. What hasn't been inconsistent is the play of Buffalo's safeties, however. Those two safeties have been playing extremely well. They're the two best safeties in the league. It gives Buffalo the best pass defense in the league. Check this out. Jordan Poyer, okay, who is the, the lead safety on the team, okay, he's like their their center fielder, has not allowed a big play touchdown. In, in, in football, big play passing, game, uh, passing play is 20 yards or more. Has not allowed a touchdown of 20 yards or more in 541 consecutive snaps. 541 snaps of a football. He has not allowed a touchdown of more than 20 yards against him. That is ridiculous. And if there's a guy that can do it, it's Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, right? Because we've seen them do it. We've seen the speed of Tyreek Hill. Now, we worried about that heel in last week's game. Tyreek Hill looked fine. They weren't targeting him as much, and I think that's because – you know they were they were scheming against Tyreek Hill. They were kind of bracketing, but everybody else went off in that game. Whether it was Jarek McKinnon or Travis Kelsey or uh, you know uh, Nicole Hardman, whether you know they, like they were finding all kinds of new guys to throw the football to. Now that Travis Kelsey is a new guy to throw the football to, I I know that Buffalo is a complete team, and I know that they have. I, I'm well. I'm sure that they have a, a better pass defense. They probably have the better overall defense. They may have the best defense left in the playoffs right now. It, it's debatable, but they still might have the best defense available in the playoffs. But for me, I'm still going to ride the home team here. I think Kansas City is just hitting their stride at the right time, and so is Buffalo. This is why it's been so tough for me to pick this damn game. I've gone back and forth. I have lit- literally, I've gone back, I have scratched off my pick so many times trying to you know figure out, like, I'm going to pick Buffalo this time. No, I'm going to pick Kansas City. I've, I've come to a decision. I'm taking the over. <laughs> just, I'm just going to – just give me the over in the game. I'm going to bet this game uh, – that's where I'm going to build my my SGP that I've been talking about all week on FanDuel Sportsbook, the, uh, the $10 risk-free SGP that you get. I'm taking this game because I think it's going to be the most fun to bet the overs on. So I'm going to enjoy myself betting my $10 of free SGP money and seeing just how high we can get those numbers, whether it be passing yards, rushing yards, touchdowns, anytime touchdowns over uh, total points. But I have to pick a winner, and I know it's a close game. Kansas City's favored by one and a half. I do like Kansas City to cover the one and a half point spread. I'll take the Chiefs 34, Buffalo 30. Just... I, I, I it's just a hunch i like i I have gone back and forth on this score i had the i had the bills winning this game 37 33 at one point like i've gone back and forth so many times on this damn game i who knows what's going to happen thankfully it's going to be on sunday night we get to close out our divisional weekend with what is hopefully the most entertaining game of the weekend so there you go I've got Cincinnati plus 3.5 and and the over in that game. I've got San Francisco plus 5.5 and and the under in that game. I've got the Rams plus 3 straight up and the over in that game. And I've got Kansas City minus 1.5 and the over in that game as well. There you have it, my picks for the divisional round of games. And that's going to wrap things up for today's edition, this week's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks to Mary back in the studio for keeping us on the air here, pushing all the right buttons. And, of course, thanks to you guys for tuning in here every single weekday from 7 to 9, the Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Be sure to check out Spears and Ali today at 3 o'clock. And I'll see you guys again on Monday. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson.
0: Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show.